Rav, I want to discuss with you this morning is the question of um, Heter Mechira. The Heter Mechira is one of the more controversial topics with respect to Shemitah. As we know, this year, according to the majority calculation, that the calculation that's, ex- that's accepted by Klai Yisrael way back from the days of the Beis Yosef, etc., this year is considered a Shemitah year. It's assumed to be a Shemitah year. And Shemitah is a challenge. It's hard. It's, if you're farming, you're farmer in Eretz Yisrael, it's hard to keep Shemitah appropriately. If you're a regular consumer, how do you know which fruits you can buy, which fruits you cannot buy? It's a huge topic and a contentious topic among people. And what's fascinating about the topic of Shemitah is to some extent the Rabbonim had to write their own Shulchan Aruch. For hundreds and hundreds of years, there was no Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael. And the question of how to observe Shemitah did not really come up. There's an Aliyah Rishonah. The first group of settlers moved to Eretz Yisrael in the 1880s. And then suddenly we have a question about what do they do with respect to Shemitah. In the Shemitah of 1882, which is the first Shemitah after the Aliyah there are two Moshavot, there are two communities. There is Petach Tikva and Moza. Moza is right on the road up to Yerushalayim, near Mevaseret. These are the only two communities that are around, the two agricultural communities. And these communities kept Shemitah properly. The farmers are from, not a Shiloh whatsoever. However, Shemitah of 1889 comes. And already there are many Moshavot. By 1889, you have, in addition to Petach Tikva and Moza, you have Rishon Tzion, Maskeret Batia, Nes Tziona, Rosh Pina, Gedera, and Yisod You have six additional Moshavot. Many of the um, farmers, the majority of the farmers, were not observant. And the question came up, how do we keep Shemitah? How do you keep Shemitah? What do you do? It wasn't reasonable to assume that they can just leave the fields fallow for an entire year. That would have been a huge inconvenience, and the people would not have done it. So the Eitzah that came up and the Moshavot, the new ones, are all in the area surrounding what was then called Yafo. Today we call it Tel Aviv Yafo or Tel Aviv. Rav Naftali Herz, the Rav in that area, Naftali Herz Halevi, he was a Makobal. He published the Siddur Hagra. And he decided that maybe we should rely on the Kula to sell Eretz Yisrael to non-Jews. And in this respect, if you sell Eretz Yisrael to non-Jews, so we can circumvent the dinam of Shemitah. That was the suggestion. And he goes to different gedolim, and he asks them, what's the story of the Hetemachira? Can you sell the land and thereby circumvent Shemitah? And some of the gedolim said it's permitted. The famous Reb Shmuel Molover was an early Zionist guy, and he permitted it. Reb Yeshua of Kutna, in his Yeshua's Malcho, Simon Nunhei through Samach, he permitted the um, Heter Mechira. However, the Beis Halevi, the Beis Halevi of Salvechik's great-grandfather said you can't do it. The Nitziv says you can't do it. 
So the Rabbonim according to quandary, what to do? Reb Yitzchokhanan, specter, who are yeshivas named after, Reb Yitzchokhanan says, you can have a heter mechira, you can sell the land to the non-Jews, and that will circumvent the dinam of Shemitah. But, Reb Yitzchokhanan says, you know what? I'm not willing to, Im- to use my kula. I feel that people should not rely on my kula unless the Gaonim of Yerushalayim agree. At that point, the Gaonim of Yerushalayim are Reb Yeshua Leibdiskin and um, Reb Shmuel Salanter. Reb Shmuel Salant. And Reb Shmuel Leibdiskin and the Shmuel Salant said, we're not masking. We don't agree to the Het Mechira. As a result, Reb Naftali Heretz Halevi did not implement the Het Mechira in 1889. Rather, some Sfaradi Rabbonim implemented the Het Mechira. The Sfaradi Rabbonim who surrounded that area of Tel Aviv Yafo they implemented the Heter Mechira. And they based themselves on the Rav El-Yasher. He permitted the Heter Mechira. So the Sfaradi Rabbonim put it into place in 1889. 1889 was not a good year. There was a huge struggle. People, Mamash, suffered. Because you're not working the land. The society, the Yishuv, is Reports are that some people died. It's a very difficult situation. Comes along Shemitah of 1896, right? It goes in order of seven, no? 1882, then 18, um, 1889, then 1896. Shemitah of 1896. So at this point, Rabbi Shulay is masking that they should sell the land. And in 18... 96, the Aderet, Marana Rav Cook's father-in-law, the Aderet is the other Rav in Yerushalayim. They're maskim. But they say, only implement the Heta Mechira this one time. We don't want it to become a standard practice. Last time, the Shemitah of 1889 was so difficult. 1896, we're not going to give a carte blanche Heter. What we'll say is, for this one, Shemitah will do it. The Heter Mechira of 1896 was also somewhat different than the Heter Mechira that was proposed in 1889. In 1889, they proposed the Heter Mechira to sell the land for two years. In 1896, they have a razzle-dazzle shita that what they did is they sold the top level of soil to the non-Jews, and that will enable the plants to grow. But they did not sell the entire land um, all the depth of the land. They're only selling the top layers of soil and they're selling it amanas on the condition that they'll cut down the trees, etc. We'll explain why this happened in 1896. Shemitah of 1903 comes and once again, the question of the Hetem Mechira comes up and at this point, there is some question as to what happened. The traditional understanding, what uh, Rabbi Chil Mechot Tukachinsky, Zechariah Nalavarcha, writes in his Sefer Hashemitah, is that Rabbi Shua Leib Diskin was maskim in 1903. And he said they should have a Heter Mechira again, with the same stipulations of 1896, not to do it on a regular basis. Again, only selling the topsoil, not the depth of the land. Rav... Um, I was reading over Shabbos, and last night, Rav Moshe Sternbach published a short little sefer on Inyone Shemitah, 
Rav Sternbach writes that um, they ne- Rabbi Sholei Diskin was never really masked in 1903 that they should be mekel. Rather, he felt that in certain communities it's pekuach nefesh, so he was willing for that reason to say it's okay, but he never was really make on the Heter Mechira. By 1910, already the issue of the Heter Mechira picks up steam. There has been a contentious issue since 1889. Now by 1910, Mamish becomes a contentious issue because at this point, the Rav of Yafo is Maran HaRav Kook. And Maran HaRav Kook publishes a sefer called Shabbat Aretz in the Mavo to Shabbat Aretz, he gives a full and complete explanation of the Heter Mechira, what it's based on. And of course, though, this did not mean that the controversy dies down. There are many who do not rely on the Heter Mechira. The Rabbanut traditionally implemented the Heter Mechira based on what Rav Kook suggested, although in recent Shemitahs, Nara Weitman, who is the Rav of Tenuva, um, is in charge of the Heter Mechira. There are certain tikkunim in the Heter, as we'll discuss um, as we go along. But the Heter Mechira is, of course, quite contentious. The Chazon Ish um, strongly and vociferously opposed the Heter Mechira. There's a Jew I know, he lives in Lawrence, near my parents, um, Rabbi Ari Bergman. Ari Bergman purchased. Um, some of the original documents of the Heter Mechira, he has a copy of the Shabbat Ha'aretz with, with the Chazon Ish's notes on the side of the Shabbat Ha'aretz. And you could see it comes up, it ends up being published in the Sefer Chazon Ish, like paragraph by paragraph, a refutation of what Marana Rav Kook writes in the Shabbat Ha'aretz. Um, it's, if you follow Ari Bergman on Twitter, every week he, he puts out a, um, a different document about Shemitah, there's some really fascinating things. Um, last Shemitah, the Wayu Museum had a Shemitah exhibit, and I was fortunate to lead, um, a, to lead two tours of the um, Shemitah exhibit to go through some of Ari Bergman's documents, really fascinating um, stuff regarding the Hetem Mechira. So I want to do with you this morning in the brief time that we have, obviously we can't exhaust a topic as large as the Hetem Mechira in around um, 40 minutes or whatever remains. Um, is that what remains? Half an hour, 40 minutes? I don't know. But you can't exhaust the topic of this size. Um, but I'll try to just give you a taste of some of the issues that the postgame discussed. And we'll better understand why it is so controversial. So the first source that I have over here is the Wikipedia article about Heta Mechira. Word to the wise, and the reason I give it is because almost every single thing in Wikipedia is wrong if you know enough. Right? So it says in the late 19th century, Rabbi Yitzhak Khanan Spectre came up with the halachic means. Rabbi Yitzhak Khanan didn't come up with it. They presented it to him. He was masking, etc. There are many, many mistakes in the, um, in the presentation in Wikipedia. Let's take a step back. Maran Rav Kook, 1910, publishes Shabbat Ha'aretz, and his major opponent at that point was the Goin, the Ridbaz. The Ridbaz, Reb, um, Yosef David, Will Malski, something like that. He had previously been the chief rabbi of Chicago. He had a fight with the Sheikh Dim. He ended up back in Tzfat, and he 
disagrees with Rav Kook and Rav Kook's kula about the Heter Mechira. And one of the Ridbaz's arguments is really worth um, taking to heart. Rav Kook argued that we need a Heter Mechira because in order to keep the mitzvah of Yeshuv Haaretz, in order that the Yeshuv, that the Jewish community should continue to live, to survive, we have to sell the land for the year. We have to circumvent Shemitah. So the Ridbaz jumps up and down. He says, this doesn't make any sense. What you're saying is to maintain the Yishuv, you have to sell the land. But if you sell the land, you don't have the Yishuv. The mitzvah to be in Eretz Yisrael is a fulfillment of the Ramban and Mitzvah Sesei Gimel calls the mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz. There's a mitzvah Sesei Minatoira to live in Eretz Yisrael, the Ramban says. And says the Ridbaz, if you sell the land, you're not Mekayin, Mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz. So Rav Kook, you're arguing that you have to sell the land in order to be Mekayin, the Mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz. But if you sell the land, it's not your land. If it's not your land, you don't get the Mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael. That's already an interesting point. And the Ridbaz says, you know what? I have proof to my point. My point that the Mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz is in order to fulfill the mitzvot hatluyot ba'aretz. And as a result, if you don't fulfill the mitzvot hatluyot ba'aretz, if you sell the land to a goyim, you don't get those mitzvot, you don't have the mitzvot of living in Eretz Yisrael, says the Ritbaz, I have proof to my Yisrael from the Gemara in Sotah Daf Yudalad. You could follow in the English or in the Hebrew, Darsh Reb Simloi, B'nei Manusav Moshe Rabbeinu, Likonis Eretz Yisrael, V'chi Lecho Mipir, Yehud Tzarech, Lisba Mituva Hud Tzarech, Hakam Moshe Rabbeinu wanted that Eretz Yisrael, you think he wanted to eat the fruit? You think Moshe Rabbeinu wanted the Gishmaka Jaffa oranges? No. Ela kach Omar Moshe Rabbeinu. Harbe mitzvah nestavi Yisrael. Ve'emis kaimen ela be'eretz Yisrael. Ekanes ani la'aretz. Kideshi yiskaimu kulan al yodi. Says Moshe Rabbeinu. The reason I wanted to enter Eretz says the Gemara Saita. The reason why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to enter Eretz Yisrael is in order to fulfill the mitzvahs. And therefore, the Ridbaz argues that if you don't fulfill the mitzvahs, you sell it to a guy, there's no mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz. That's Ridbaz's argument. Marana Rav Kook responds. He says, you have to remember, Rav Kook is a mystic. Rav Kook is a Kaddish Elyon. Rav Kook says, you know, the mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz is not only in order to do the mitzvahs. The mitzvah of Yeshuv Haaretz is because this is the land that it's the land that you experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence more than any other place in the world. It's the, it's the place of Kedusha. It's the place of Hashras Hashkina. That's the mitzvah of Yeshuv Haaretz. I, how come the Gemara in Sota says that Moshe Rabbeinu only wanted to enter Eretz Yisrael because he wanted to do the mitzvahs? Zot Rav Kook, because we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu experiences Hashras Hashrina all the time. Moshe Rabbeinu feels that presence of the Rabbonu Shalaylam every second. So for Moshe Rabbeinu, the reason for living in Eretz Yisrael is only for mitzvot atuliyot ba'aretz. But for us, for every Yankel and every Shmerel and every Tzipora, the mitzvah of Yeshuv Haaretz is to experience 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. And therefore, says Maran HaRav Kuk, if you sell Eretz Yisrael to a Goy, and you don't have the mitzvahs anymore, but you still have the mitzvah of Yishuf HaAretz, you're still in the land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you. So therefore, Rav Kook argues, no, sell the land, and you still have the mitzvah. It's a beautiful machlokes. Mamrish a beautiful machlokes about the nature of Yishuv Haaretz that all comes up in the Mavot Shabbat Haaretz and the Rav Kook's responses to the Ridvaz. Mamish beautiful. The argument that selling the land in Eretz Yisrael can circumvent the dinim of Shemitah connects to a Gemara where it's predicated on the Gemara Meseches Gitin on Daf Mem Zayin. The Gemara has a discussion about whether Yesh Kenyan La'akum Be'eret Yisrael La'afkiyam Yidei Krumas Ma'isris or En Kenyan. Do I assume that when the Goy acquires land in Eretz Yisrael, that removes Krumas Ma'isris and removes the obligation to take off one-tenth of Meiser, to take off a little bit as Truma, does the Goy's Kenyan, the acquisition of the Goy, does that get us out of this mit- these mitzvahs? And the Gemara in Gitin, you could follow in the Hebrew and the English, the Gemara in Gitin, Lama Rabba, Says Rabba, that even though when the guy acquires the land, you do not get out of the Chiyav of Maiser, but nonetheless, nonetheless, there is Yesh Kenyan with respect to the physical land. Eretz Yisrael, in every place in the world, there is the mitzvahs, and then there is the physical ownership. Rabba argues, Ein Kenyan, that the guy's acquisition does not get us out of the mitzvahs. That's Rabbah's argument. Rebbe Lazar disagrees with Rabbah. The Gemara says that Rebbe Lazar Omer Afabishi Yesh Kenyan Be'eretz Yisrael Afgemi Dei Maiser Shinema De Gonchav Lo Diganoi Vekoychavim. But still, Ain Kenyan Lapa Baboy Sichin Ma'aris Shinema Lashem Aretim Lola. For our purposes, Rebbe Lazar says that Yesh Kenyan Laakum. That when the guy acquires the land in Eretz Yisrael. That exempts the land from Trumas and Maisris. And presumably, the machlokas between Rebbe Lazar and Rabbe as to whether Yesh Kenyan or Ein Kenyan, that machlokas, which the Gemara formulates only with respect to Trumas and Maisris, presumably applies to Shemitah as well. And it presumably applies to Shemitah as well. So in according to Rabbe, Ein Kenyan, but according to Rebbe Lazar, Yesh Kenyan, so according to Rabbi Lazar, when the guy acquires the land, so there's no truma, there's no maiser, and l'cha'ora, there's no shemitah as well. So the din of yesh kenyan, la'akum, is the basis for the heter mechira. Now this, of course, is subject to a lot of question. First of all, the Gemara only speaks about truma and maiser. The Gemara does not speak about Shemitah. And the Chazon Ish, in his Sefan Shemitah, Seminalafos Gimel, the Chazon Ish says, maybe Shemitah is fundamentally different than Trumas and Maestris. Trumas and Maestris, the fact that you have to give a little bit to the Kayan, a tenth to the Levi, that's fundamentally a mitzvah. 
It could be that the dispute about yesh kinyan and in kinyan is that maybe we can circumvent a mitzvah. But nowhere in the Gemara do we discuss circumventing an iser. Shemitah is an iser. You're not allowed to work the land. The Gemara does not talk about the other isurim. Orla, kilei hakerem. That's not mentioned in the Gemara. Therefore, maybe Shemitah, just like Orla and kilei hakerem, the Chazash is making an assumption that the Gemara is only talking about Shurim Meiser. It's not talking about, <coughs> pardon me, it's not talking about Orla and kilei hakerem. And also, Zokta Chazanish, Shemitah is fundamentally an Iser, not fundamentally a mitzvah. And therefore, therefore, maybe even if you're passing Yesh Kenyan, Nonetheless, it doesn't help for Shemitah. That's one argument of the Chasanish. However, the argument against the Heter Mechira becomes more significant. You see, how do I paskin? Do I paskin like Rabba, the Ein Kenyan? Do I paskin like Rebbe Lazar, the Yesh Kenyan? So the Rambam, in Paragalaf of Trumas Halacha Yud, the Rambam writes, the Akum Shekona Karka Be'eretz Yisrael, lo hifkiya min ha-mitzvis. The Rambam Paskins ain Kenyan la'akum. So how on earth could anyone possibly entertain the notion of heter mechira, the notion of selling the land in Eretz Yisrael to a goy, and thereby circumventing the dina of Shemitah? How on earth can you possibly entertain that when, as a matter of halacha, we pass on like Rabbah, the ain Kenyan. The Rambam Paskins ain Kenyan la'akum. That's already a very serious question. However, the defenders of the Hetamachira say, whoa, 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 Chavra, you got to learn the complete sugya. Because that Gemara in Gittim Emzayin, the Gemara says that there's a machlaikis between Rabba and Rebbe Lazar about whether Yesh, Kenyan, or Ein Kenyan, that machlaikis is in Eretz Yisrael. But there's an area, there's a territory called Surya. Surya, the Gemara in Gittin, Adafches, calls Kibush Yochid. Surya is an area that David HaMelech conquered without permission from the Sanhedrin, Rashi learns. And therefore, it's an extension of Eretz Yisrael. It's not the same as Eretz Yisrael. The Kedusha in Surya is only Kedusha Midrabonon. It's not Kedusha Minatora. And therefore, therefore, in Surya, everybody holds Yesh Kenyan. The Machlekes, Rabba, Rabba Lozer, and the fact that I pass in, that Rabba, I pass in that Ein Kenyan, that's only true in Eretz Yisrael proper. But in Surya, where Maeser Dida is Drabonon Zakhtrashi, in Surya, where the Chiyav of Maesris is only Midrabonon, certainly there, Shom Yesh Kenyan Biyarako Mahafkiya. So the argument, the argument that the Heter Mechira applies has to be predicated on the fact that Bizman Hazer, we are dealing with something akin to Surya. We're dealing with something that's only Dirabonan. And you could say this in two ways. You could say that we hold Bizman Hazer that the entire Kedushata Aretz is only Dirabonan because you need the majority of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael to have Kedusha Menatayra. And you need to conquer the land. And you have to divide the land to 12 portions to the Shvatim. Only in that situation do you have the full-fledged Kedusha Sa'aretz. The Sefer HaTruma, Rabbeinu Baruch, who's on the four major Talmudim of the Rabbeinu Tam, 
Rabbeinu Baruch Paskins like this. He Paskins that the entire Kedushat Ha'aretz is only Midrabonon. And therefore, because the Kedushat Ha'aretz is only Midrabonon, so therefore you have a Heter Mechira. Or you have the potential of Heter Mechira. Rebbe the Gain, Rebbe Leo of Vilna, 1720 to 1797, the Goyin writes that as a matter of halacha, we follow the Sefer Hatruma, we follow Rabbi Nubarach, that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is entirely So one argument is that Kedusha Ta'aretz Bizman Hazeh is not Doiraisa. However, others argue, others maintain that even if Kedushata Aretz Vizmanaza is Doraisa, even if the land has Kedusha Minataira, even if you hold that you do not need Kibush and Chilok of the 12 Shvatim, you don't need the majority of Kali Israel to live there, etc., etc. But perhaps for purposes of Shemitah, Kedushata Aretz is only Drabonan. Perhaps for purposes of Shemitah, it's a Din Drabonan. And therefore, it's like Surya. This issue comes up in the Gemara and Gitin on Lamed Vav. We know that there's an institution called Prusbol. We know that we have a prohibition to collect debts at the end of Shemitah. After Shemitah is over, we assume that Shemitah is Mishamet. Shemitah cancels all the debts. But Hillel Hazokin instituted something called Prusbol. It's some document that you hand Jehovah's over to Bezdin, and therefore we circumvent the dinim of Shemitah's Ksafim, therefore you're allowed to collect your debts after Shemitah. That's what the Gemara says. Frek the Gemara, how could Hillel Hazakein Institute Prusbo? Umiik amidi, dimidoraisa mishamta shviyas, mihiskin hilal, dilo mishamta. How could it be that min Torah Shemitah cancels the loan? But Hillel comes and he says, Shemitah doesn't cancel the loan. You can't have rabbis who just come up and wake up one morning and say, poof, the din doesn't apply. You can't do that. That's not Orthodox Judaism. How could it be that Hillel says that Shemitah doesn't cancel debts? Amar Abaye, Bishviyas Bizman Hazeh, Verebihi, Detanya Rebbe Yomer, Vizedva Hashemitah Shamot, Bishte Shemitah Zakosim Medabe, Acha Shemitah Karka, that the position of Hillel, that we have something called Prusbol, is predicated on the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi, that Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi holds that Shemitah Bizman has as Drabonon. Bizman Shatamishamit Karka, Atamishamit Ksofim. Meaning, according to many Rishonim, only when there is an institution of Yovel, they, they understand that Mishamit Karka means an institution of Yovel. Only when there is Yovel is there a din of Shemitah's Ksafin, the Shemitah cancel debts. Bizman that there's no Yovel, Shemitah does not cancel debts. Meaning, Shviyas Bizman is as So the argument in favor of the Heter Mechira is that, listen, just like the Gemara tells me that by Surya we paskin Yesh Kenyan, this area, this extension of Eretz Yisrael that goes into modern day Syria, there we assume Yesh Kenyan Lahafkiya. So also, 
because Shemitah Bizman Hazes de Rabbonon, it's like Surya. And therefore, you can say Yesh Kenyan La'akam. That's the argument. Now, of course, it's not so difficult to poke holes in this argument. Surya, this area of Surya, the Chefza of the land, the territory, does not have Kedushat Aretz. However, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi, upon which Prusbal is predicated, that Shita is saying, yeah, 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 it's Eretz Yisrael, there is Kedusha. Or Heter Mechir is predicated on Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi. That means the land, the chefts of the land, has Kedusha Ta'aretz. But for Shemitah purposes, there's no Kedusha Ta'aretz. Or for Shemitah purposes, it doesn't apply for a technical reason. So it's not at all the same as Surya. Because in Surya, the entire land does not have Kedusha. That's already an interesting argument. It happens that um, the Rav's grandfather, Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim in the Sefer and the Rambam, Reb Chaim has a famous argument where he interprets the Rambam that what the Rambam is saying is Shemitah Bizman Hazed Rabbonon means there is no Kedushas Ha'aretz with respect to Shemitah. The land does not have sanctity for Shemitah purposes. If that's the case, we could maintain that Eretz Yisrael today for Shemitah purposes is exactly the same as Surya. Because just like Surya, the land lacks full Kedusha, Eretz Yisrael today also for Shemitah purposes the land lacks full Kedusha. That's the interpretation of Reb Chaim. Now, be it as it may, the argument of Heter Mechira is based on the fact that Shemitah Bizman Hazer is a Din The argument that's based on the sheet of Rabbeinu Baruch, even though the Goyin Paskans like Rabbeinu Baruch, but nonetheless, the Rabbeinu Baruch seems to be a minority Shita, and therefore it's hard to base but it is likely or more likely that the Hetemachir is based on the fact that Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Drabonan. Now, of course, this itself is questionable. There's a huge discussion even within the sheet of the Rambam whether Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Dairais or Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Drabonan. The Kesef Mishnah maintains that for the Rambam, Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Dairais. If that's the proper interpretation of the Rambam, so then there ain't nothing to talk about. You can't have a heter mechira if you pass in that Shemitah Bizman is Dairaisa. Because on the Dairaisa, we assume ain't kinyan la'akom hafkia. On the Dairaisa, we assume that when the Goy acquires the land, that does not exempt it from mitzvahs. So in order to hold a heter mechira, you have to say that Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Dirabona. And then there's a huge discussion within the Shita of the Rambam, a huge discussion about the other Rishonim. Maran Rav Kook works so hard in the Mavot Shabbat Aretz to argue that Shemitah Bizman Hazer, according to the majority position Rishonim, and even perhaps according to the Rambam, Shemitah Bizman Hazer is Dirabona. In Rav Moshe Sternbuch Sefer, he says this whole discussion based on the Rambam, etc., is missing out on the Chuvas Harambam. A number of years ago, they published the Chuvas Harambam, the Pe'er Hador. There in Simon Tesvav of Sternbach 
says the Rambam Paskins clearly that Shemitah Bismarck is Esdairaisa. However, in the edition of the Shuvas Harama, the Pe'er Hador that I have, I think it's the standard edition, has the notes of Reb David Yosef, Kachamovadia's son. And he points out that you got to read the Shuvas Harambam carefully. The Rambam is not saying that Shemitah Bismarck is Esdairaisa. The Rambam is saying that according to that opinion in the Mishnah, the Rambam does not really hold Shemitah Bismarck as Esdai, right? So even if the Rambam does hold like that, there are other Rishonim, and we assume that in order to enable it, we're following those Shitos that Shemitah Bismarck as Esdai, The Nitziv, the Rosh Hashimah of Al-Lajan, the Nitziv, in his discussion of the Hetemachira, the Nitziv says, let's assume for argument's sake, that Shemitah Bizman is and therefore will hold that Yesh Kinyin Lahafkia. Therefore, will hold that you can get out of Shemitah by selling it to Goy. However, the Nitziv says this is really very problematic. He has a memorable turn of phrase. I underlined it here. Be'emes, Harav Hagon Hanal, Barach Mehazeev. You're running away from, from a wolf and you end up meeting a lion. You're avoiding. Then Tzip says you're trying to get out of Shemitah Bismanazeh. Shemitah Bismanazeh, according to the majority of Shemitah's Drabonon, who paga be isur mechiras karkalo ove gelulam be'aretz Yisrael, says the Nitziv that you're selling the land narrative Israel to a guy in order to eradicate, to circumvent the not to eradicate, in order to circumvent the dinam of Shemitah. Shemitah's drabonon. You want to get out of Shemitah. You're selling the land to a guy. That's an Isidai Raisa. To sell land in Eretz Israel to a guy is a Torah prohibition. So therefore, you can't, you can't sell the land at all. Now, wasn't it to mean that's a Torah prohibition? He's basing himself on the Gemara in Avodah Davchaf. The Gemara in Avodah derives from Pesukim, I believe, in Parshas Vaschanan. The Torah says, Lo Tchanim. And the Gemara in Avodah Davchaf has three different interpretations of Lo Tchanim. Lo Tchanim means, Lo Titin Lahem Chain. You're not allowed to say kama no over kochavim zeh. Not allowed to say azashen egoi, right? You can't say that. What tichanei means? What titan lahemat aschinam? You can't gratuitous, gratuitously give a gift to an anju. And lo tichanei for our purposes, the third interpretation is tanya namahachi. Lo tichanei means what titan lahem chanoya bekarka. You can't give them a foothold in Eretz Yisrael. You're not allowed to give the goyim a chelak in Eretz Yisrael. So it's an iser do'iraisa, says the Nitziv, to sell the land in Eretz Yisrael to a goy. So you're trying to avoid Shemitah Bismanazer, which is the Rabbonon. You end up pagabo'ari, you end up hitting that lion, the more serious avera of selling Eretz Yisrael to Nanju. That's the Nitziv's argument. The Chazon Ish takes this argument, and as we say in football, he runs with it. 
the Chazanish says, oh, you know what? There's a din of Rotuchanim. And once there's a din of Rotuchanim, so therefore, if you as a farmer, you designate the Rabbanut to sell the land in Eretz Yisrael for you, what you're really doing is you are really appointing a messenger. You're trying to designate an agent to do an Avera for you. Because selling land in Eretz Yisrael is the Isser of Lotuchanim. And once you're trying to ask the Rabbanut to do an Avera on your behalf, so therefore the entire thing does not work. I underline this section of the Chazanish. Hamocher ayede shaliach vaday lo chayel hamechira midin ein shaliach lidvar avera. Zat the Chazanish. If you designate a goy, you designate, excuse me, the Rabbanot, to sell the land in Eretz Yisrael to a goy, what you are doing is you're asking the Rabbanot to do an Avera for you. And the Halacha says, if I ask an agent to do an Avera for me, you can't create agency to do something that's against the Halacha. And the Chazanish says that means that the entire shlichus is no good. Memela, the Rabbanot, is not your agent. Because you're asking the Rabbanot to do an Avera for you. To sell the land to a guy. And ancient Echlid Varavera means the entire sale is lo sharir lo kayam. It doesn't work at all. Ancient Echlid Varavera means the sale does not work at all, says the Chazanish. That's why many people, based on this Chazanish, in particular in the Haredi communities in Eretz Yisrael, many people do not hold the Heter Mechira. They assume the Heter Mechira fruit is Mamish Osir because it remains Jewish fruit, because it wasn't sold. The land, the Mechira, did not work at all. That's the argument of the Chazanish. It happens that since Rav Weitman took over the Heter Mechira, I believe in 2008, right? 2008, 2015, 2022 is going to be a Shemitah year, 2021, 2022. When Rav Weitman took over the Heter Mechira, he did it in such a way that the farmers are not designating the Rabbanut to sell the land for them. Because if they would do it that way, we have to contend with the issue of rather the Rabbanut like brings the Goy and the farmer sells the land in Eretz Yisrael directly to a Goy. So therefore, the entire argument of the Chazonish falls to the wayside. Moreover, the argument of the Chazonish that because so therefore the entire sale is no good is very questionable. The Chazanish's own brother-in-law was the stapler going, Reb Chaim Konevsky, the Reb Chaim Konevsky's father, the stapler, was the brother-in-law of the Chazanish. And the stapler in his Sefer and Bava Metziah, the stapler has an essay where he shows that Ein Shaliach Lidvaravera does not mean that the entire deal is no good. Ein shaliach ledvar avera simply means that the avera does not transfer back to the mishaleach. If I designate Rab 
Rabbi Shore, I designate him to do an Avera for me. So Ein Shaliach Edvar Avera does not mean that the Shlichus does not work. If I'm a Kohen and I designate a Shaliach to Mekadish Agrusha for me, it doesn't mean that she's not married. It just means that I, the Mishaleach, I, the person who designated the agent, I don't get the Avera. The Avera doesn't transfer back to me. The one who gets the Avera is the Shaliach, the agent, not the Mishaleach, not the one who appointed the agent. But the deal is sealed. The deal works. The Chazanish's argument that because of Ein Shaliach Lidvar Avera, the entire deal is no good, is quite difficult. The Chazanish's own brother-in-law, in his Sefer on Bava Metziah, disagrees. And he says, Ein Shaliach Lidvar Avera just means that Avera doesn't transfer, but the Shlichos, the sale, would be good. Moreover, the last source I have on this sheet is a Gemara in Kedushan Membeis. The Gemara in Kedushan, in discussion of Ein Shaliach Lidvar Avera, the Gemara says that, you know, ordinarily we have a principle of Shlucho Sha'adam Kamoso. Ordinarily, when I appoint an agent, the agent is acting on my behalf. But Ein Shaliach Lidvar means that I can't appoint an agent to do an Avera. But the reason for that is because Divrei Harav, Divrei HaTalmid, Divrei Mishomim. That means if you have a Rebbe who tells you to do something, and you have a student who tells you to do something, who do you listen to? You listen to the Rebbe? You listen to the student. For Shtetzach, you listen to the Rebbe. No? Many understand this line in the Gemara to mean that the Mishaleach, the person who appoints the agent, doesn't have complete Gemiras Das to appoint such an agent. If I appoint you as an agent to do an Avera for me, I think you're not going to do it. Because what? You're going to listen to me. Right? Or you can listen to Rabbi Nishalayim. Nishalayim can listen to me. Nishalayim can listen to Hashem. Divrei Arav. Divrei Atalmid. Divrei Mishomim. They can listen to the Rabbi Nishalayim. So I never had in mind to make you a Shaliach. If that's the case, Rabbi Avram Sherman is like the Av Bestin in Tel Aviv. Um, every year there's like a conference um, in, there's a conference called the Torah Shabbat Peh Conference. About from Sherman and his essay in the Torah Shabbat Peh Conference about um, the designation of the Rabbanut for the Heta Mechira, he argues, what argument is there to say that the deal does not work because Ein Shaliach Lidvar Avera? Ein Shaliach means that you assume that I'm not going to do the Avera. But in this case, the shaliach, the rabbanot, they don't think they're doing an avera. They think they're doing a mitzvah. They think selling the land to goyim, right, is circumventing shemitah, and it's a mitzvah to enable the yishuv to survive. It's a beautiful thing. It's praiseworthy. It's laudable. It's grand. It's glorious. So you can't say, because the shaliach will listen the shaliach will do it because the shaliach doesn't think it's an avera. The shaliach thinks it's a mitzvah. There are a number of other explanations that are given as to why in shaliach ledvar avera does not apply, even if 
you ask the Rabbanut to be your agent to sell the land for you. Even before Rav Weitman's suggestion that they sell the land on their own. One of the arguments is that, and Rav Kook has this in his Chuvot, Mishpat Kohen, Rav Kook writes, Simenon Ches, that the din of Lotechanein means Lotitain Lahem Chanaya Bekarka. Don't give them a foothold in the land. But if you have a guy who already is in possession of a parcel of land, so you're not giving that guy a chanaya bakarka. A chanaya in this context does not mean parking space. You're not giving the guy a section of the land. The guy already has a section of land. Rav Kook quotes this from Amir of Zalman Shach, who was a member of his Bezden. He quotes this idea. You're not giving a chanaya bakarka because the guy already had a section of the land. Moreover, we could argue that, and Rav Kook has this in a different tshuva, that the din of Lotichanim means just like you're not allowed to go Lotichanim, Lotichanim, Tosis discusses there in Avodah and elsewhere, that it could be that this halacha only applies to Goyim who are full-fledged Ovdei Avodah Goyim who are pagans, Goyim who worship Eitzim Va'avonim, but Muslims who are monotheists, they worship the same Rebbeinu Shalaylam. They worship Hashem Echad. So there's no din of Lotichanim to the Muslims. That's another argument why the halacha of Ein Shaliach is not applicable. Because selling the land to a Muslim it's not shayach to run afoul of lotichanim. Of course, we did not exhaust this entire conversation, even within the din of lotichanim. In Rav Sherman's essay, he argues that maybe the din of enchalich ledvarveira, again, enchalich ledvarveira, that the chazanish used to expand upon the netzivs, running away from the wolf and bumping into the lion, the prohibition of some land to the guy. Some argue that is only if you appoint the agent to specifically do the Avera. In the Harsha'a, in the um, document of appointment, where the Rabbanut are designated to sell the land, doesn't say specifically sell the land to a guy. So the Harsha'a does not say specifically to do an Avera. So as such, one could argue that there is no din of Lot Chanim. One could argue that it's not considered Shaliyach Lidbar I should say, because it doesn't say specifically that you should do the Avera. It says, I appoint you to sell the land. That's it. Adkan. The Mishnah Lamelech writes that Shaliyach Lidbar is only when the entire agency is only to do an Avera. There's much more to be said about the Hetem Mechira. Some argue the Hetem Mechira does not work because there's no gemira stas, because the sale was never intended to be a real sale. The postgame who originally permitted hetemachira, they only allow working ayyadei nachri. To have a Jew farm the field, they never permitted that. Today, that itself is done. And the fact that Jews are working the land, even if a guy works the land, that shows that you weren't serious about the sale. Because if you were serious about the sale, so how can you continue to work the land? 
If I continue to work in the land, that shows an entire sale is a sham. Now, others argue, and they say, one second. You can't argue the deal is a sham just because a person doesn't have a and continues to work the land. It doesn't work like that. But if I sell, let's say, I'll give you an example. Chametz. I sell chametz to you, to the guy. Is that deal a sham? Right? We all sell our chametz. We don't assume it's a sham. Just because I repossess the land after, it doesn't mean it's no good. Those who permitted the heter mechira, just to go back to Shemitah 1889, 1896, 1903, 1910, they permitted the heter mechira and they tried to argue that there's no din of there's no din of giving the land to a guy for two reasons. One reason was in the Hetem of 1889 that they said, we're not selling the land to Goyim La'adayad, where it's a temporary sale, just for a year. That's not Lotitim Lahem Batarka. Some say they didn't for two years, etc. Mamish looks like a sham. But because they're selling the land temporarily, that's not Chanaya Batarka. In the Shemitah of 1896, Ramaf Tolihar Tzalevi came up with his Hamza for the Hetem Mechira, which we said Rabbi Shuleib Diskin agreed to. His argument was, and we referenced this earlier, that they're not selling the entire land, only selling like the topsoil of the land, and the land beneath it remained Jewish possession, but because the fruit grows in that topsoil, so therefore, there's no violation. Uh, the fruit grows in the topsoil, therefore the Kedusha of Shemitah doesn't set in, but there's no iserv giving the guy the land because the depth of the land remains Jewish possession. That's already an interesting argument. I saw in Rav Moshe Sternbach's Sefer, he argues that the Heter Mechira can't work because there's no sale to the Goy, because the taxes continue to be paid to Medinat Yisrael, and because they continue to be paid to the Jewish government, so therefore that shows that the Goy doesn't own it. If the Goy would own it, there'd be no taxes. Now that already, I don't know if that's true. Just like in 1896, they said that if you sell the land, the topsoil, but you don't sell the depth of the land, so therefore you can circumvent Shemitah, but you don't violate Lotachanim, one could argue that you pay the taxes, the Jewish farmer pays the taxes, the previous owner, because of those bottom layers of the land not because of the topsoil. Who says the taxes is coming from the topsoil? Um, we have obviously not, um, we have not completely exhausted this topic. I could really go on for hours, but um, as Adley Stevenson said, I'm here to talk, you're here to listen. Needless to say, you'll be done long before I'm done. So as such, I think we um, can pause over here um, there's much, much more to say. Um, again, so I want to um, thank everyone for coming. I want to thank you for listening. Um, and obviously, much, much more to say. Thank you for coming, for learning Torah. It's really a pleasure. Yashikar, have a great day.